With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mike's on. He's ready to go. On the fan. New York Sports Radio. Mike's on. Mike's on. He'll get you the sports any way that he can. It's Mike Francis on the fan. Sports Radio 66 and 101.9 FM. WFAN. From the studios of WFAN, this is Mike Zahn, Francesca on the fan on this Monday, the 30th day of October, as we uh, say goodbye almost to the month of October. One more day. It's called Halloween tomorrow. And then into November, before you know it, our big show on November 15th uh, at the Tiller Center. We'll have uh, tickets for you to give away for that. We have a contest we're going to wrap around to start next Monday, so we'll tell you more about that as the week goes on. Um, and it's one of the rare times on a Monday. The Giants were off, of course, but we will have in Eli's place today a substitute at 5 o'clock. The head coach of the Giants, Ben McAdoo, will join us at 5 today. So we'll get a State of the Union from the Jet Giant head coach uh, at 5 o'clock. The Jets, a tough loss in the rain and a brutal rain yesterday. Uh, played hard, but again, fell short, but we'll get to that. Here's the amazing thing. You come in on a Monday. A local team is not in the World Series, and you open with the World Series, which has not happened in years and years and years. And I'll tell you what else has not happened in years. The Sunday night baseball game not being a Cub extravaganza or a Game 7, outrating by a wide margin an NFL game that was a game that went to the finish that Detroit threatened to win it late against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who were a big draw, and the baseball game did a 12-and-change, and the football game did a 9-and-change. So the baseball game beats the football game by a wide margin. I'm telling you, they're probably doing handstands in the major league offices today for the baseball to beat the football and beat it soundly and beat the Steelers. I mean, that is a rough day for the NFL and a big day for Major League Baseball off one of the most crazy unpredictable, and really one of the weirdest, most exciting, just bizarre baseball games I can ever remember seeing in a big spot. Rarely do you see pitches this ineffective. I mean, it's so strange. Now, the pitches, of course, have gotten together, and they're screaming about the fact they can't throw sliders with these balls. They can't spin them. The ball's too slippery. It's too slip. Can't find the stitches. Stuff we've talked about all year came to a head the last couple of days. Kershaw, 32 sliders yesterday, one swing and miss. One. Guys couldn't throw their sliders, so they had to throw fastballs. The fastballs wind up in the upper deck. The bottom line is you saw offense like you could not believe. 25 runs, 28 hits, 7 home runs. The best pitcher on the planet who has had his troubles in the postseason again struggled mightily. That was a brutal game for him yesterday. A 4-0 lead, a 7-4 lead. And for him to sit on the bench and watch after he leaves, after a couple of walks, and he tried everything he could to put Bregman away and not have 
and not have Altuve come up. And I can't knock the manager for taking out Kershaw four and two third, but he brings my eight who gives up a three run homer in the game seven seven. And Kershaw wanted to die on the bench. I'll tell you one thing. Bill Miller's strike zone was as big as the Grand Canyon last night, but he missed a 2-2 pitch where Bregman, Kershaw had him struck out on a fastball. That was actually a strike he missed on the outside corner. He actually missed one, which is the only one he missed all night because he called guys out on pitches a foot and a half outside. I mean, the inside pitch to the righty, the outside pitch to the lefty was forever on the outside corner. He missed so many pitches. Imagine if he had a small strike zone. How many runs would we had last night? Because the pitchers, and we told you this theme from the minute the Yankees played the Astros, I've been telling you how bad the bullpen is. I've been telling you time and again how bad the bullpen is. The bullpen is the worst bullpen. Joe Buck actually made the point last night, and he's right. Worst bullpen he's ever seen in a, in, a, in a World Series. I agree. This bullpen is from nowhere. And now the Dodgers are exhausted in the pen, and they couldn't get it done with Kershaw. And now we got offense on top of offense on top of offense. And... Give the Dodgers credit for the way they came back. I mean, what a tremendous... When they got down 12-9, you never thought they were coming back. Come back and tie it, and then obviously to lose it in the 10th inning. A remarkable game. 25 runs, 28 hits, 7 home runs. And now the Astros go to uh, L.A. They they don't have this series won. And they better win it in 6 games. Now, this series is a little different than the Yankee series from this standpoint. Both these teams have won on another guy's park already. Astros have won there. The Dodgers have won there. So this one doesn't have the integrity that the Yankee uh, Astro series had, where both teams were dominant at home. But if the Astros fail to lock it up with Verlander and they want to pitch Verlander from here to the end of time in game six because they don't want to go near their bullpen, which has been nothing but gasoline on the fire, the Dodgers would have a great chance in Game 7. But first, they have to beat the big pitcher in Game 6. That's tomorrow's story, but it has been a wild series. And now it has the the chance to be a classic series. And Kershaw, who was so good in Game 1, was awful. Really, it looked like he was going to be good last night because he got through three innings and then came the walk. And walks last night set up how... You know, the more you watch big games the more you detest walks. And I'm going to tell you what I first guessed with my wife last night. And I know he'd been struggling against lefties, but I swear I said Kershaw should walk Guriel and load the bases. I said walk him. As soon as I said it, the next pitch went in the, about nine miles. I, I was surprised with a lefty behind him why he didn't walk him there. I'm shocked. I'm shocked that he didn't and made the game 4-4. I was stunned that he didn't do that. Uh, but Kershaw had so much trouble last night. Keuchel had, obviously, his trouble. Everybody else had trouble. And everyone had trouble except the offense. The offense had no trouble on either side, as we saw a 13-10 game, which ended, I would say, I think after one thirty last night. I mean, it was late. I watched the whole thing. I think it was after one thirty when you know, when it ended. So uh, the bottom line is we have a we had a great game, an exciting game. Not much for the pitches, not much for Kershaw's uh, legacy, uh, but the Astros, you know, did what they did all year, pounded at home, and now they got to go on the road and see if Verlander can deliver them. It's been his postseason. Can he deliver them in Game Six? Otherwise, you'd think the Dodgers would have a great chance against whatever. 
in Game 7. All hands on deck on both sides, and we'll see which team can produce 27 outs. So that's where we are right now. So a wild game. I don't know how many people stayed with it. If you had to work early this morning, I understand if you didn't. I think it must have been... I know at 1 o'clock the game was still on. I think it ended around a quarter to 2. Maybe a little before that. Might have been a little before that. But I know at 1 o'clock... Joe Buck talked about it was just midnight in Houston, which was 1 o'clock where we were. So I know it went way past there. I don't know exactly what time it ended, but it was a long day's journey in the night. And as wild a baseball game, as wild a World Series game as has ever been played. It was a, another strange day in football. You know what happened yesterday? Every game I saw had a big fumble in it. Every game, I saw, every game it seemed like there was a big fumble. And, I, and one play that really turned the game around, the blocked field goal in the Redskins game absolutely turned that game around. The Redskins were going to score. Then they didn't score. They set up for the field goal. And instead of the Cowboys being down a couple of scores, they were up 14-13 after the run back. That turned that whole game around. The Cowboys dominated the second half. That was a good win for them. Uh, and there were some other interesting games. Not a lot yesterday. There wasn't a lot of thrilling stuff. I actually thought the Jets played pretty hard, although the weather was just unbelievable. And if you... The line went all over the place because it was a rainy day, and it went up and down and back and forth. I saw it moving all over the place. If you did lose the Falcon game, you'll think about all the different things, including Matt, Ryan, you know, uh, for the 15th time in a game, not handling the snap on the two-point conversion. But the play that you should be upset about, the punt return for a touchdown, there was no flag on that play. That was a terrible call. And I usually don't comment on those, but that one actually did, you know, if you were laid more than five points and that was what they were up, you were in trouble because that one, should have gone for a touchdown. That was a terrible call on the on, and if, they just throw too many flags. And that was just a terrible call on a block in the back. He didn't touch him. He absolutely didn't touch him. That was just a dreadful call on that one. But it happens. And I thought the Jets actually played pretty well. I mean, you don't want to feel that last punt. But I actually thought they played well in conditions that Matt Ryan said were the worst conditions he ever played in in his entire career as a football player. He said he could do nothing to keep his hands uh, dry. Julio Jones told him he couldn't catch the ball. Uh, he had a towel under his jersey, which I've never seen a guy have before. Actually, under his jersey and was keeping his hands under there to try and see if he could keep his hands dry. That's how bad it was. And he said the wind and the rain in the second half made the, it absolutely impossible. And you know what? I thought they played a, the two teams played a pretty competitive game. So the Jets have lost a lot of heartbreakers. They did again yesterday where I thought they actually played pretty feisty against an Atlanta team that obviously made a lot of mistakes and, you know, muffed a lot of scoring opportunities and turned the ball over in their own end. And Jets had great field position most of the day, and Atlanta didn't. But, hey, the better team won, which you, you expected. So we'll get to the league. We'll get to all that. Uh, and we'll try it about a game five that you can't even get on the managers about pitching decisions because nobody could get an out. You know, it didn't matter where you went. Nobody could get anybody out. It was that kind of game back after this.